You're listening to Inside the Peloton, over-the-top cycling, Boulder, Colorado. I'm George Thomas, on the line with Team Sky's Ian Boswell. Ian, it was stage 13 today. Um, luck of the draw, good? Well, George, yeah, it was, um, I guess it was a harder day than expected, as always, here in the Volta. Um, you know, I guess our, our focus is, has changed slightly, you know, not having not having Chris Froome here anymore and you know, having a couple guys have lost time, but um, it was a really hard start to the day. Small roads, windy, up and down. Um, you know, and our focus was, you know, to make sure that we were in the break, and especially if the other teams up there on Team GC were in the break, which is a competition that we're we're leading right now. And um, it's a the Team GC is a combination of your three best riders every day. Um, you know, so we're we're winning that competition competition but in order to make sure we continue to gain time or not lose time you know there's a few teams we have to mark who are also up there in the standings um mobistar being the the biggest threat um so because of that the the stage was really hard from the gun it was 70k before the break final breakaway actually got away um and we had in final we had two guys make the break nicholas roach who finished third on the day so that was really good, and Sergio Hanau, um, and there's only one Mobistar rider, so we gained some more time on on Team GC. And yeah, for me, I, it was a it was a good day as well. I was actually in the break of 35 guys until just before 70k, and then I was marking another Mobistar rider. The group split in our favor, um, sending two guys up the road. So yeah, it was a you know another eventful day here in the Volta. So it's the top three riders. It doesn't matter who they are for each team per day. Yeah. So it can change. It can change every day. And so I think right okay. now we have, for example, we're winning the team GC by 11 minutes. Um, but let's say one day a breakaway goes and gets 20 minutes at the finish. And there were one Mobistar rider and we didn't have anyone in that group, but then the rest of us and the rest of Mobistar all finish in the Peloton. Well, because of that 11 minutes, or the 20 minute gap, you know, they would be winning the team GC by nine minutes. Um, yes, it's really important that each day a breakaway goes, especially if it's a threatening breakaway with, you know, a team like Mobistar in it or Astana or Katusha that we're also represented in that group with equal numbers or, you know, preferably better numbers in the breakaway. So it's quite a, uh, it makes the racing really tactical. And I think at this point in the race, you know, we saw today people start to really come in kind of do their own, you know, every team has their own objective here. You know, for us, obviously we still have Nieve up there in top 10 in GC, so we have to, you know, watch out for that. But the team GC is also quite important, so making sure that we're looking out for that. And then there's even a team today came and rode in the last 20K of the race, and it was clear the breakaway was going to stay away in order to defend their, you know, top 15 GC. So you start to see teams, you know, ride for reasons that aren't always clear, but then you stop and think about it and you can start to put the, put the pieces together. So that team GC really throws another dynamic in there, uh, that I hadn't really been thinking about, even though you had talked about, um, team GC somewhat throughout, um, each one of our discussions, but I mean, you're really having to stay aware of what's going on everywhere as your, uh, director keeping a focus on that and telling you guys, Hey, this is going on up the road. We've got to cover this and this and this. Yeah, definitely. You know, we have, you know, it's, I guess just being, you know, having race radios amongst the riders, you know, we can communicate and say, Hey guys, there's a breakaway of five guys. There's no Mobistar or Stone or Katusha. So it's a fine move to go. 
Um, but for example, today, you know, every time we attack, Moby Star would jump on us. So it's a matter of having enough guys up there to, you know, keep the attacks going and making sure that we're not not missing the move. And you know, especially going into the mountains, I think we have to make sure we have a pretty good advantage. You know, especially with Moby Star having Valverde and Quintana. So let's say they both finish really high on a stage on a mountaintop finish. And we only have Nieve finish high on the mountaintop finish. You know, it changes the dynamic of where we can gain time. And then you look at, you know, it's pretty much every day, I guess, you have to have three riders making sure that they're up there. You know, so that also goes for the individual time trial where, you know, had we had Froome here and we were, you know, in the spot where he could win the race overall, you probably have, you know, him go, you know, 100%. And then maybe Karyanka tries to go for the stage win. And everyone else kind of just takes it easy to, to recover. Uh-huh. Whereas now, you know, three riders have to go hard just to, you know, try to make sure we don't lose time in the time trial on the overall classification for the team GC. So, yeah, it really changes the, the dynamic for us as a team and, and kind of how we how we race. And you've got Nieve in the top 10. So, again, you're having to watch him as well as the other. That really puts a spin on this that uh, we don't really get on the television. <laughs> No, yeah, it really um, kind of is the, the fascinating part about cycling. You know, you have so you have all these kind of races within the race that develop. You know, a couple of weeks into a into a Grand Tour, you know, you have riders who are trying to get in the break for KOM points. You have the Team GC. You have you know maybe a rider who's ten to fifteen minutes down on GC who's not necessarily a threat, but if they slip into the right breakaway and gain ten minutes, then all of a sudden they can kind of ride themselves back into the GC. Um, yeah, so it's really, uh, you know, fascinating. There's a lot of dynamics going on to the race at this point. And this is your first grand tour. Are you enjoying it? I don't know if that's the correct word. Yeah, I would say in all, I'm actually, I'm really having a good time and it's been a really enjoyable experience. You know, after, after the stage in Andorra, um, you know, it was a definitely a high point for me personally. Um, then we had that stage yesterday and it was still a good day. And I said, it was, and like I said, it was a bit of a blur, but, you know, you kind of unwind and then you realize, oh boy, we still have, you know, a week and a half of, of racing left to go. And it's, uh, you know, because we're kind of in the, the middle of this race right now and, you know, we're on the on the positive end of the halfway point. So that's good. But um, no, I'm actually really, really enjoying the Grand Tour and I've learned a lot here. And, you know, there's also, you know, much to be learned and, you know, still a lot to, a lot to race for. So I'm happy to happy to be doing it and three very difficult days coming up yeah yes we have three mountaintop finishes coming up um which will be very crucial for for gc and then uh and then a rest day so it's kind of the the, not the final big push but you know i think if uh you know if i can make it through these next three days which shouldn't be too much of a problem then uh I i should see myself making it all the way to to madrid now, stepping back a little bit from the Vuelta, uh, the World Championship rosters were released today, the U.S. team for the uh, World Championships coming up in September, and um, your name wasn't on them. How did that make you feel? No, I was not on this list. Um, yeah, I guess it's not not disappointing because the course isn't necessarily, you know, suited for me. Um yeah, but I guess the thing that's kind of frustrating is just the lack of communication that's come from USA Cycling about, you know, who's going to be on the team or what, you know, what the kind of 
ideas from from them are about who should be going and you know why they're going. Um, you know, when I laid out kind of my plan for the beginning of the year, you know, the World Championships was one of the goals, as well as you know the Rio Olympics next year. Um, and if I look at my list of goals that I set out in December, you know, I've hit every single goal except for the World Championships. Um, which I which I made clear to USA Cycling that was one of my goals for the year. You know, so there was you know a podium finish in a in a UCI race which I did in California, and then again here. Um, you know, make the vault the squad. You know, be a key you know player in in helping the team on some mountain stages, which I've done. Um, and you know, some a few other metrics in training that I've set you know for me personally um, just to keep track of and track my progression. Um, and obviously, there's some of those goals are out of your hands, you know, especially being, you know, making the roster for the Vuelta or, or the World Championships. Um, but I guess just the fact that, you know, I kind of set that out as a goal at the beginning of the year and made it clear to USA Cycling that was, you know, one of my objectives, but have really had no communication from them on, you know, what I can do to to be part of that team is a bit a bit frustrating. So it's no communication at all. No, I mean I've sent them, you know, ver- you know, several emails, and you know, tried to try to open the pathways of communication, you know, with offering, you know, do they want training files from me or race reports from our directors, just to kind of get a bit more insight into, you know, where I'm at, because it's not always clear how a rider's performing just based off of results, um, <clears throat> you know, especially being on a team like this where we're oftentimes riding for one leader, you could be extremely fit, but because your role within the team it's not really, you know, seen as far as results. Um, but at the same time, I feel like that's kind of how the world championships should be. It should be where, you know, you go there with, with a team of riders with a specific goal of, you know, one rider who is suited to that course, who can win. And then based off that, you build a team around them. Um, so, you know, it's, is it, am I going to win the world championships this year? Probably. Well, definitely not if I'm not going, <laughs> um, but probably not um you know the best course for myself but do i think i could be a valuable member of that team yes but there's there's been no like i said no sense of you know communication or you know any sort of talking about you know what what it takes to to make the team or you know how i can show them that i you know would like to be a part of that team so when you have a disappointment like that come along and you're in the middle of a grand tour how do you deal with that? Does that affect your racing at all? Um, not really. I guess I mean it's one of those things that's out of my control. Really, you know, I've you know I figured you know the only thing I can do at this point is really show myself by by racing and being you know successful and progressing. Um, and that's what I've tried to do. And I've, I guess I figured that with with that you know things kind of come into place. And it's the same you know when I'm trying to sort out a contract. You know, you can go around crazy and try to talk to every team, but at the same time, you can really focus in on the training and the performance. And if you perform well, then I think the, a contract will come as should, you know, something like the world championships. And I guess the thing that's difficult now is, you know, next year, the Olympic road race in Rio would be a course that's much more suited to my style of riding and ability. Um, and just with the way things have gone with this selection process, it's been, you know, kind of unclear into, you know, what's, what's happening for the future as well. So Ian, as someone who's come up with through the USA cycling development team, 
what's that like? I would think there would be good communication between you. Yeah, uh, George, I think that's kind of the most frustrating part about this whole thing is, you know, I do owe a lot of my, you know, success in coming to, you know, a team like Sky to USS Cycling. I'm, you know, at the end of the day, I'm really grateful for all they've done for me and for, you know, so many young American cyclists, you know, in road, BMX, track, whatever it may be. And so I think, uh, you know, I guess it's, as I see it, you know, this is kind of my turn to pay back to them what they've given to me, you know, to have, having gotten me to this level. And now it's a point where I can go to, to the big races like the Olympics and the world championships. And those are the races that, that bring attention to USA cycling and get the funding. Um, so for me personally, I feel like it's a time where I can kind of give back to them, you know, what they've given to me and, you know, to just not even be, I guess, part of that process or have the opportunities, the frustration that I'm having. Well, that I was really looking forward to this roster coming out because I was expecting to see your name on there. Yeah, well, maybe uh, we better look next year and you know, hopefully for, for the Olympics next year in Rio, things change. It's hard to keep that feeling of disappointment, though, because you're doing so well at the Vuelta, and I love seeing the job you're doing at your first ever Grand Tour. So can we get back to tomorrow? Uh, you had said we've got... Uh, four stages coming up that were going to be tough, and today was going to be the easiest of those four. What are you looking at tomorrow? Yeah, so tomorrow we have a 200-kilometer stage with a few climbs before the final climb. I think a Cat 3, a Cat 1, leading into a horse category climb up to the finish. Uh, a 9K climb at 11%, so it's a steep one to be tackled at the end. I st- I can't get over an eleven percent average on a climb. Yeah, I haven't looked at the actual percentages in detail yet. I'm sure we'll have a pretty detailed profile tomorrow morning, but it's uh, a day when I'll be asking the mechanics for a compact crank for sure. <laughs> well, Ian, I sure appreciate you taking the extra time today to uh, talk about some other things. Thanks so much, George. Inside the Peloton, over the top cycling, Boulder, Colorado. I'm George Thomas.